This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation in weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. We are still in August of 2021. The defendant has made two live videos in the last several days of August of 2021. These videos were solely dedicated to perpetuating her false and defamatory narrative about me and about H, and she's not done yet. So on August the 21st, after her last defamatory live video, she made a post on Facebook that says, I didn't do my job that y'all know is my job. Three days this week while I was meeting with attorneys and detectives and forensic accountants and therapists and the list goes on and on. Once again, she is presenting this false and defamatory narrative as fact by saying that she has been meeting with detectives and forensic accountants. And we know now that she never actually had any proof from any of those places. She's just using it to make herself sound more credible. And then on August 24th of 2021, the defendant makes another live video and she calls this one the end for now. Spoiler alert, it was not the end. But in this moment, she called the video the end for now. Okay, I have to tell you all this stuff. I can't keep it inside, which I'm going to create a plan for me to keep it inside because I need to in the long run. But right now I can't. And I'm willing to take the risk. There's no risk because, you know. Anyways, just get on here. And in two seconds, I'm going to tell you some more stuff. It's crazy. It's like daily chats. But it makes me like feel so normal and whole again. Because every day I'm like realizing things and waking up. And people are coming out of the woodworks with all these screenshots and text messages and stories. And remember when this and this and this is exactly what they didn't want. So hold on. I got to tell you this, okay? Because I'm not going to be able to tell you things for a long time. And not because I don't want to, holy cow. But I have a plan to make all, to be able to tell you all the things that are happening in the meantime too. So just get on here. We'll start talking about it in just a minute. Uh, It just said that my other Instagram account joined this. How did my Instagram account just join my video? I don't know. I don't care who's watching this video right now. I am so excited. (gasps) That is kind of weird to see my Instagram account watch my live video. And it's just me here, but that's okay. Par for the course, guys. Par for the course. Oh, there she is. I was like, that scared the crap out of me for a second. Was that you on my this account just a second ago? So I know there's no crazy people. No, they haven't got here yet. Okay, you guys have to listen. This is nuts. Like the end of my end of it, where you know the stuff you're saying is a hundred percent. Like I told my counselor yesterday, I go, I don't even add like adjectives. There's no need to add verbs, adjectives, any of that. Okay, good. Thank God. I was like, no, it has to be. What are you doing, honey? I miss you so much, but do not let that pressure you to come back to work because listen, this is exactly what should have happened. Not that you should have got COVID, but that I would be so like handling all the things. This is exactly what I needed to get back to my life. So, okay, listen, guys, I do not have time to be on a live video. I have the the pest control guy outside. I have friends on the way here. I have my kid about to be dropped off from school, but I'm like bubbling over and I have to tell you this stuff. Okay, so I have been, so before all this stuff happened, like I never listened to podcasts and I used to 
tell y'all that so I don't feel weird saying that because I know you already know. That's the best part about having friends on the internet because somebody is always listening. There could be four people on my video, but that's four more people that heard me say those words, okay? And I don't give a damn how many people you got. If you don't think you can make five, four point four million, I think it's the most ever made on the internet with only 20, I didn't even have 20,000 Instagram followers at the time. You don't need Instagram followers to make money, but that's a whole video for another day. So I'm so thankful you're here. I pray to God my circle always stays this small, but I have to fill y'all in without my boobs falling out. Thank God you have a counselor because that's where you talk to. That's the person you talk to. Basically, they just get paid to tell you if you're crazy, number one. Number two, I think as a recipient of the counseling, you feel like their opinion is valid or more valid than other people because they're clinically trained to seek out the nutso and you're like, you would tell me. Anyways, so... As I have been like talking through this one thing I never stopped doing in all this. So since January, so four days. Oh God, I have never talked about this and I just got chills. So as I'm talking to her about all this, it's so easy for like strangers who don't know me or like if you don't truly know my heart or if you're a professional human to say, okay, I just move on. First of all, I can't. It's part of my daily life. I'm in a huge lawsuit. Obviously, I give zero about because I wouldn't be talking to you every day about that subject while I was getting sued for a million dollars by two people that I trusted more than any human beings in the whole world. But the fact is I'm not lying. So it doesn't bother me at all what's repeated recording my friends on the internet, what I'm going through in my life. No extra words added, no adjectives, no speculation, no maybe, nope, none of that. Anyways, and I ain't even told them all the things and that's part of the problem. So for a long time, I couldn't get on here because I always felt like I wasn't telling you guys the whole truth. Like I would show you the good in my day or even the bad with my dad but like nobody knew all the stuff that was happening behind the scenes and it makes you feel like a fraud but for so long in my life I showed you every aspect of it I mean literally until crazy one and two came along I literally showed all the things which is why so many people were invested in my employees and where did they go and what are they doing and I never understood that I always thought it was like I don't know I always thought negative about that like why are they asking that like that's so I never asked people that question but sometimes people aren't like you and they still need to be okay too everyone has a place so as this stuff has progressed and I went through these valleys and peaks of like my dad's being sick how's that happening while it's happening in the background and this person's working in my home or they say they love me so much and these text messages say like I love you more than any human on the planet blah 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 all these things and I'm just like I don't get it I don't get it but also when you're showing someone you genuinely you no like adjectives verbs none of those extra things and they still do bad to you or you still think they're doing bad or any of those it makes it really confusing because you're like I don't understand if I do good aren't you going to do good? But that's just not how the world works. And that is the bubble that I lived in for sure. I used to tell you all the time I live in a little bubble. And I think that is a lot of why people liked me because I was really positive. Let me tell you a year and a half ago, I was standing in my office telling my ops manager, I don't know why people follow me. I'm pathetic. I'm weak. I'm, I'm no one to follow. I have no special talent. Yes, I do. I got thick as hell skin and I always tell the truth. That's my special talent. I love people. I want everyone to succeed. I don't care if you're fat, skinny, black, white, purple, green, Muslim, Christian, do not care. You can believe in Jesus. You can hate Jesus. I'm going to talk to you if you do. But if you don't believe in Jesus, you have to come talk to me because there ain't no other explanation, sis. It is all so well tied together. There is no, I don't know what else you'd call it. But anyways, that's for another day too. So as all this stuff was going on, I kept thinking to myself, like, I can't do my job. But then I forgot what my job was. Like, I get on the internet and tell my friends on the internet exactly what's going on in my life every day. And the only reason I couldn't was because I was so scared. So she was right, Lucifer, when she said I live in fear. She's correct. 
So you can put that down on your little piece of paper and you can pay someone. Well, you can let them think they're going to get a paycheck to send me over a letter. You know where I live. She would tell me things like you live in fear. And I used to think, oh, my God, I do. Or like just all these things that were not like you're too pretty. No one can relate to you. Your house is never going to be your bread and butter. Your employees are scared of you. Write all these down. Because if you want to know later, you can save yourself the time and energy to ask me, do I admit or deny? I'm saying it. She said things like you, um, you're not relatable, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, I never got on the internet to be relatable. I just got on the internet because I like talking a lot and I like normal people and I like bougie and I'm a normal person and I, I have really thick skin and I'm super sarcastic and I do not get my feelings hurt very easy. I don't have FOMO. I, what else? I think like I'm really like sarcastic rude to my husband and he thinks it's really funny. It's weird. It makes some people uncomfortable, but it's like our dynamic, whatever. Um, also he annoys the hell out of me and I tell people about it because that's like real life. Anyways, so when you're hearing all this stuff, you like start believing it, right? Because that person's smarter than you. One thing we have to realize, especially with social media too, is that I get, I think honestly, and even in social media, you're a little bit safer because at least the other person's on the other end of the, the screen and not like in your business, in your life like that. Because when they're in your business, they can instruct you on paths to go on that you probably shouldn't. Ding, ding, ding. Me too. Then you think you're crazy later on because you're like, I would have never done that. Why did you suggest that? But then, like I said, I used to think I was so indebted to them for working for me. Like, what the hell? Why would all these people on Instagram say like, I wish I could work for you? Let me tell you what my light bulb moment was. I was talking to one of my old employees earlier this year and I said, what was your least favorite part of your job? Y'all, the way that this is all tied together, it will blow your freaking mind. So make sure I tell you about the account at the end of this. The defendant starts this video by saying the words that these are daily chats. So by this time, she has said repeatedly that she hasn't been able to get on the internet and that she hasn't been able to tell everyone. But here, once again, she is admitting that she talks about this daily. She goes on to say that people tell her to focus on something else. And she's going to go into this long explanation about why she can't do that. And so once again, admitting that she does talk about this all the time. She says she's been listening to a podcast again. She is fired up. And then she talks about how people have come forward with screenshots and they are things that they didn't want. And I assume she's referring to H&I. And I just wanted to kind of go through a few of the screenshots that the defendant turned over as evidence in this case. There's a series of text messages between myself and another of the defendant's followers slash friends. And this is on November the 4th of 2019. So this is one year before the defendant began her campaign of lies. I said, remind me again about this week at the show. I have Fridays five through nine and then Saturday and Sunday. But then I thought the other day you said you needed to check your schedule. And then this person says, definitely Saturday and Sunday should be able to be there after five on Friday. And I said, okay, yay. That's what I have you down for. This person says, okay, cool. What would you like us to wear? And I said some items that I thought that she should wear. And then this person said, okay. And then this person said, I'm still stuck at work. Sad face emoji. And then I said on November 11th of 2019, I have you down as a maybe for Austin, but I figure that's a no question mark. It's next week. Then this person says, going to pass on that one. That's the weekend before my surgery. So I'll be getting things in order for the week. And I said, okay, I figured. 
Then this person says, but I'm going to be off the following Friday. I think that's the Tyler weekend. And then I said, Tyler is December 4th through 7th. And then I proceeded to send an itinerary of the Tyler market. And then this person says, I can help that Friday and Saturday for Tyler. And then I said, okay. And then the person says, I'm off on the 6th. And then the next day, the person was texting me about an item that wasn't showing up on the website. These were the screenshots of texts that were sent in evidence from the defendant. In this case, as actual evidence, these were also shared with the police. These text messages, not only do they have absolutely nothing to do with anything that the defendant has claimed, but in these text messages, I am just doing my job in scheduling people to work at the holiday markets. To this day, I have no earthly idea what the defendant was trying to show or prove with these text messages that will just remain a mystery. But in addition to these text messages, she had another friend submit a series of Facebook messages back and forth between myself and this friend. The defendant was struggling with the medical situation with her father, and so her friend sent me the following Facebook message and says, I don't live there and I feel compelled and I want to do something. Defendant texted me and all she said was eight months. I love her and her family dearly, and I know a lot of people do. Even the girls who don't know her personally, they feel they have a relationship with her. I know that as the defendant's father's health continues to decline, things will get harder for defendant at work, and I feel like we could donate, and that money could help with a lot of things. I know that defendant will not take money if it's given to her, but we could pay for family photos, any additional expenses, and carry her through the hard times if she's not able to get on live videos. I don't know. I just feel so heartbroken for everyone involved. You always have the heart and the spreadsheets. Any ideas? And then I responded, aw, I love your heart. And at this point, I know one thing you could do is share the store information and get people shopping as much as you possibly can. This will be a marathon and the business needs long-term customers and steady income and she can't be the voice right now, so we have to. So first thing I would ask, and feel free to pass this along, to please stand in the gap for her sharing and posting and talking about the clothes. We have plenty of inventory for people to buy and keep income coming in, so sharing and helping people shop will help a ton. I'll continue to think of other practical things too. It will take a village to get through this and it will also take a long time. Even after he's gone, it's going to be rough. So from a business perspective and given that she's the sole income in the house, we need to build up the business. Then this friend says, yes, I totally agree. And a thought came to my head in this very moment. Defendant and I had a conversation that she would like to bury her father in her backyard and she would want to plant a tree even if she decides otherwise we can plant a memorial. I'm able to get trees at cost. I will continue to share and be her voice. This is so heavy. Please feel free to reach out to me or to ask me to help in any way possible. And then I said, that's perfect about the tree. That's such a good idea for sure. And I will. And I know I'm always the businessy one, but it is my greatest gift to her to be able to handle that part in this season. So I will always have spreadsheets and suggestions. The brand stylist made our new customers jump by 100 in the month of May. And that's a hundred new customers that don't plan on the defendant's social media to shop. We need more like that in the next year or so. So share, 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 and please feel free to tell others. And anyone can text me anytime. Then this friend says, oh, that's awesome news. And you can't see because it's private, but just know that I'm always sharing to our local mom's page, which has over 10,000 members. I have no idea if anyone ever decides to shop because they don't contact me, but I feel I'm at least putting the word out there about 
defendant's company. And that's way more people than my 500 friends on Facebook. I'll share with them too. And then I said, that's so good. This message was turned over as evidence from the defendant. So in this case, I am suing her for defamation. She has said defamatory statements about me, for example, that I am trying to sabotage her business, that I have infiltrated her life, that I have been writing negative things about her, and all kinds of other things that I've hacked all of her devices. And she was asked to submit evidence of these things because she claimed truth as an affirmative defense in her response to this lawsuit. And these are the messages that were turned over. These messages were all also given to the police. Once again, I don't understand what the defendant is trying to accomplish with messages like this. In these messages, I am supporting the business. I am encouraging other people to support the business. I am doing my job. So once again, it is just a mystery what sort of evidence these messages are trying to convey. In this clip, she also gets really concerned because someone has logged into this live video from one of her other accounts and she acts like she is anxious and, oh, it's par for the course, like someone has hacked her Instagram accounts, when in reality, it's just one of her employees who had that password who had logged in. So she frequently, if anything happens that might seem like it's nefarious, she just jumps to that conclusion. And then she says this so that her followers can also see that and she thinks it makes her look more believable. She constantly takes these type of events like her employee logging in under another account and her not knowing and twists it to fit the narrative that she's perpetuating. She says that you don't need a lot of followers to make money. However, one of her claims in this lawsuit was that IRH had logged in to her Instagram and was manually removing followers. And that was one of the ways that I was sabotaging her business. I never did that and H never did that. But once again, it's an inconsistency that she has said throughout this process that removing her followers was ruining her business. And then here she says that you don't need a lot of followers to make money. She says that she is in a huge lawsuit, but she doesn't care because what she's saying is the truth and there's not even speculation on her part. Everything is just true. This is another example of her presenting all of this as fact, which is why it doesn't qualify as freedom of speech because it is false and it is defamatory. And also why in a prior video when she tried to say, oh, everything I say is for entertainment purposes only, that doesn't fly either because here, once again, she is presenting her false and defamatory narrative as fact. She once again says that she hasn't been able to get on the internet and she felt like a fraud. Just moments ago in this video, she said that these are daily chats, that she is admitting that she talks about this daily to her internet friends. She said for so long that she forgot what her job was and then she remembered that it's to talk about her life and that's how she makes money. Once again, using defamation for profit. And the jury unanimously ruled that she was making false defamatory statements. But once again, as of this moment, Meta has done nothing to the defendant's accounts, nor have they taken down any of the false and defamatory videos that are currently still live on her Facebook and her Instagram across over 32 accounts. She makes a comment that Lucifer said that she used to live in fear. Here she is referencing me. She often refers to me as Lucifer, the devil, Satan, the Antichrist. And she did tell the truth about that statement that I said. I did tell her that she lives in fear. Once again, I was constantly concerned with the business and trying to grow the business and trying to run a smooth business. And she was constantly obsessing over trolls. 
Who were these trolls? Were they in her life? Is this person a troll? Is that person a troll? And I was constantly trying to get her to focus on the task at hand, which would be to show the clothes, the shoes, the jewelry, whatever was in the warehouse and to sell it so that we could make money. So I did say to her, you are living in fear. You have to stop doing that and start selling this inventory. She also says that I said that her house would never be her bread and butter. That is another true statement that the defendant did make. I did say that because once the defendant moved into her home, she was very obsessed with spending money to decorate it and talking about it all of the time. And her focus really veered from the inventory that we had at the warehouse and was solely on her home. And at the time, we weren't making a lot of income with the content that she was creating for the home. We had plenty of inventory to sell. And so I said to her, we need to focus on moving this product because your home is not your bread and butter. I did say that and I meant it. And I also had the data to back it up. At that time, she also started on reward style and she did bring in a lot of money in the beginning in the first month or two. Some of that money, however, was commission on her own purchases. When you do reward style, there are some retailers where you can use your own link to purchase your own items and you do get commission from that. So yes, there was a lot of money coming in from reward style, but some of it was just from what the defendant had purchased. And so not all of it was from showing the things that were around her house. And that's what I meant with that statement. She makes another reference to the RFAs, which is short for request for admissions and says, write this down so that if you ask me if I said it, I'm saying it. And so she clearly has gotten them. She clearly knows that she has to admit or deny. And she is sort of poking fun at that document. Then she talks about yet another social media account that she has created. I don't believe this account was ever made public. And also it is not on the list that was submitted in discovery for this lawsuit. So in addition to the 32 other social media accounts that my legal team found, this is yet another one. If I don't want to deal with something, I just put it on the back burner and I'll deal with it when I get there. Because to me, the truth is the truth and it's never going to change no matter how long time gone, time has gone by. So I was like, I'll just like, I have to take care of things. My dad has to, we have to figure out a solution. Is he going to live? Is he not? What am I going to do? All that. And then my business, obviously my business had suffered tremendously over the last year. Plus from, listen, from the minute they got on board, things just weren't the same. And you can write that down too, that I said, because that's also a fact my accounting should show you that. Anyways, so see how good it is to know when you're telling the truth, you literally don't give a damn. I hope you record this. I hope you play it for the jury. So we won't get that far, but a girl's praying for it, like diligently praying for it. So today I was listening to this, not podcast, it's actually a YouTube video about this kind of situation before, because you want to like get all the knowledge you can about it. Cause you just can't understand how people think like this. Like there can't be people that believe that, but then I don't really care if there's people that believe that. I want to know, like, how's that person thinking like this? So remember when all this first went down and I said, the worst thing I can say isn't that the per- that she was an ugly person or that she was anything physical about her or anything like that. It was just that she's so dumb, like so dumb to think that I was that weak, pathetic girl for the rest of my life. That was definitely a season of my life, a season that I depended on her. And so... And that was my mistake, okay? Learn my lesson, okay? 
But I guess that's why I'm so happy right now because I have to carry a lot of weight with my job myself. But let me tell you, girl, I never made this much money as I am right this minute because it's real. This is literally you guys watched me walk through the trenches of my life and my life is not perfect. I'm still dealing with this. When I get off this video, I'm still going to be getting sued for a milli. It still ain't happening. Still, we on direct. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you. Part of the video, it says... When you're dealing with somebody like this, there's no end in sight for them because the more attention you give them, the more they thrive. They keep moving the goalposts, which I didn't understand why I've like agreed to this date and agreed to this date and agreed to this. Like, why is this happening? And it's because they move the goalposts every single time because you agreed. They don't want that. They want conflict and strife. And I guess I'm not like that. So for me, like if I ask you something, you say yes, we're good. I'm probably gonna be late, but that's what we're doing. Those kind of people, no. But then as like I've started listening to what she was saying, she was saying like the worst thing you can say isn't something about them like physically, it's about how you feel about them. So then she said, saying stuff like I'm so disappointed. And I thought that is right. That's what it is. So with both of them, it's not that I thought, I definitely think they're both extremely intelligent people. I don't surround myself with idiots, but there is a good and a bad way to do your, to use your intelligence in the world. And that is an example of the opposite of what it, you should do in life. According to anyone logical, anyone successful, which is why I'm sitting here and they ain't period is because you can use your strengths, your gifts got God gave you. That's what my counselor told me. You gifts test a couple weeks ago. Also all intertwined in this. So it said, maybe she shouldn't be a pastor. I don't have a filter. I cuss too much. I say stuff the wrong way. If you don't know me, but if you know me, you know exactly what I meant. So a pastor would get lit up for that in a heartbeat. It said she like groups people together for good. And I thought, hot that is my job that I could not figure out what my job was for so long. And that is my job. Like to be moved into my dream house. My dad get cancer literally the same day I move in. My house has a, over a million dollars in equity in it. If that is not an example of Jesus giving me a security blanket and all this, I don't know what is because it don't really mean anything to me in the grand scheme of things other than girl, it's how I sleep at night. It's how I know if I don't sell a lick of clothes, I could sell this, but I ain't going to have to do that because I ain't wrong and I ain't dumb and never literally they I know I'm not lying telling you this right now. I never read it. I didn't care. Actually, one of them read it so often that some of my, many of my friends, actually Tweedledee number one told Tweedledee number two that the only two bad things I ever said about her was one thing I won't mention right now, but she knows what that is. And the other thing is that my friends didn't like her. And that was true. Nobody did. Like, yesterday said she's never made a friend in front of me for sure that's true she didn't have a lot of fans in her life at all friend at all nothing and I thought not that I could be that friend but I thought if I could make her softer a little bit she would eventually like all of me would rub off on her or at least some of me and so and there were some other strategic people that I love so much that I'm so glad that she like latched onto. I don't know why I said a long time ago that I think that my one of my really good friends used to send her like sermons and stuff and I think her doing that made her feel like a good person. And if that's what it takes, says, okay, but I don't need a sermon to tell me I'm a good human. I have Jesus, but okay, maybe you'll meet him. Um, not like that. It's not a threat. I didn't say that. I don't need to do that. Anyways. Okay. So as the video progressed, um, she said, you have to cut off all communication because if you cut off their supply, then they don't thrive, which makes sense. Cause whenever I don't say anything or whenever I say something that threatens to expose who they are, suddenly it's quiet 
which is what just happened. I made the two biggest freaking videos in my life the last two days, and they ain't got nothing to say. You mean for 10 years, people have been stalking me on the internet, talking about my every move, how much I pay on my taxes. They nobody know unless you wrote the check, boo, and I didn't write it. They know how much my denim costs. They know how much my uh, dresses cost. They know how much inventory I have in my warehouse. Like, I never tell the whole number on Instagram, guys. So guess what? When you type that number on the internet and it's correct, that's an issue. Anyways, they take away data so you can't find it and then they think you can't get it back and you definitely can nothing is erased forever please dear god let me repeat that again nothing is erased forever anything you say on the internet or on a techno technological device is retrievable in some way shape or form so please don't ever let anybody whoever tells you it's not retrievable go to someone else it will pay off i promise you i'm a living breathing example of that okay so it said to cut them off totally and i was like well, i can't do that because i can't not talk to my people and at first i thought well i'm just gonna get off the internet all the way but then that like deprives me it deprives me of my income So in the beginning of this video, she talks about whenever they first came on board, she's referring to me and potentially H, but I think it's just me and says when they came on board, essentially everything went downhill. And I guess she's trying to say that I was trying to sabotage her business. But in fact, her own followers made multiple posts about how much smoother everything was since I had come on board. The defendant herself made some posts about that. And so again, she's trying to rewrite history here with saying that ever since I came on board that her business was suffering. And she also says that her accounting would support that. Well, I'm not sure what she means by that. She had claimed that she had a forensic accountant and then admitted that she never had one. But also when I came on board, she was still trying to build her house and she was spending a lot of time on that. And so her sales were down, but it's because she wasn't really focused on her business at that point in time. And that had nothing to do with me. That's what was happening whenever I came on board. She also says something about a jury and says, we'll never get that far. And she hopes that we get to the jury, but that she doesn't think it's ever going to get that far. It did. And they ruled unanimously in my favor that she had made false and defamatory claims about me for almost two years by the time the trial happened. She also makes reference again that the worst thing she can say about me is that I'm stupid. But then later she goes on to say that I'm really intelligent and I don't use my gifts for good. She she also says that she has never made as much money as she is making right now and she's so happy about it. And then she kind of catches herself when she starts to talk about the case again and talking about the jury. And she starts to say, I am going to drag, meaning herself. And I think that she was about to say that she was going to drag it out, which is exactly what ended up happening, which is extremely ironic because then she goes into a tangent and says people like this, referring to narcissists and referring to me as a narcissist, are constantly moving the goalposts. And she says, I wondered why I agreed to this date and that date. And it's because they constantly move the goalpost. This is particularly maddening because that's not what I did. That's what she did. She had by this time had already confirmed a deposition date with us. And then a week later books a cruise. And then we had to have an entire hearing because she didn't want to have to give her deposition. And she did win that hearing. Again, that was the first in a long line of delay tactics. She would go on to do this over and over and over again. So it is maddening for me to watch her say and accuse me of doing that once again, projecting because that's actually what she did. So she says that she learned in this podcast that the best thing that she can do with these types of people is stop communicating with them, but she wasn't sure how she would do that. She's saying that these kinds of people referring to myself and 
I guess, H thrive off of this conflict and drama, but she's not like that. She also says that whenever she threatens to say something that's going to expose something about me or expose something about what I've done, that the blogs get quiet. And then she says, I've made the two biggest videos of my life these last couple of days and they aren't saying anything. I don't know for a fact what was being posted or not posted on GoMe and or Reddit at the time, but her admission of this, she is saying that she is making those videos for the purpose so that H and I will see those videos. She knows that her content is being captured for this case because she has made so many false and defamatory claims on her social media. And she's admitting here that she is trying to talk directly to us. Then she goes on to say for 10 years, how would they have known how much I paid in taxes? She says that the blogs knew her denim price and how much her dresses cost and how much her paycheck was. Once again, there was never a post produced with her paycheck amount. I've also never seen a post regarding her denim cost. However, she did talk about who her denim vendor is. So if someone had access to wholesale information about that vendor, they easily could have gotten that information. But she also says they knew the price of my dresses. I would like to point out that Alice Wright, the owner and creator of Gomi Blog, did write an article about the defendant's dresses on March the 29th of 2017. And the article says, defendant has evidently taken a break from buying everything with a Gucci label in order to design her own line. Unfortunately, this line is already being side-eyed as not that original. Defendant started posting sneak peeks of her designs and gushing about how less she is while also being amazed at her own design talent. But now some sharp-eyed folks have started asking questions about these designs after coming across some confusing information. Alice lists and includes screenshots of these dresses with the vendor that carries them along with the pricing in this blog article and then finishes the blog article by saying, could it all just be a coincidence or pulling a parcel and just passing off reseller items as her designs? So this article was published on Go me in 2017. I did not start working with the defendant until 2019. In 2017, H was a senior in high school. I don't know for sure if H worked for the defendant at that time, but still, I did not have access to that information, nor had I even met H before. So she is looping all of this in together. Her followers are seemingly not going to look at this, but there would have been no way for me to know that information. And also, this didn't even come from one of the accounts that the defendant accused me of having, this article came from the owner of Gomi blog herself. She also says that the people on Gomi wouldn't have been able to know how much she paid in her taxes if they wouldn't have had inside information. Property taxes are public record in the state of Texas. You can go to the county website and put in an address and it pulls up the tax information for that address. So that is again public record. But in addition to that, apparently on April the 4th of 2017, Alice Wright made another post about the defendant. This time it's said, defendant wishes she weren't so darn wealthy. Defendant made a few wishes today. And then she shares a Facebook post made by the defendant that says, if I had four wishes, and then she lists them with bullet points, they would be, my dog could talk, a car that never ran out of gas, a phone that never died, a lower tax bracket. 
I feel like that's not too much to ask. And then Alice says, so in case slathering herself with Gucci crap didn't make the point, defendant wants you to know that she makes so much money that she'd gladly use a wish to complain about being in a high tax bracket. If this is really a problem for her, then she probably shouldn't be constantly girl boss bragging about how successful she is with all her business. So once again, there was information about the defendant's taxes and there was information about the defendant's wholesale prices on Gomi blog. However, those articles were written by Alice Wright. Also, they were written in 2017, long before I ever would have had access to that information, long before I had ever even met H. There would have been no way for me to know that information and write it on there. But she doesn't include that whenever she's talking to her followers. She just flippantly says, oh, this was on this website and they believe her. She ends this clip by saying nothing is ever deleted and it's all recoverable. And this is a common intimidation tactic that she has used, constantly saying that she has data and nothing is ever anonymous. Obviously, none of that was ever turned over because HRI did not do any of these things. But she always says that. So it makes her sound more credible and believable. I have to tell you, if God has ever shown up in my life, it is right now. It is when I wake up, there's at least a fifth of my sales already registered. People in my life, I needed the reassurance that I would be able to step away, handle this, focus on that craziness and like putting together these awful things. I mean, it is horrible to read these horrible things about yourself that you know the thing they're talking about, they are writing and they are the ones who guided you to make that decision. So that I have cut off people, I have taken different opportunities, I've bought stuff I shouldn't, I've gone places I shouldn't, I've done things I shouldn't, all at their behest. And I know that's not illegal. It's not illegal to guide people on the wrong path, kind of. So until you find someone who finds out what part is, and then it just makes your life all the better. Okay, so he, God put these people in my life and they just keep showing up. And I don't know why, like I'm not the best version of myself. I say all the time, it's not that fun to be my friend. Somebody said yesterday on my video, like I just wanna be your best friend. And immediately I thought, oh God, that sucks right now. It really does. Like I'm not the best version of myself. I talk about like all kinds of crazy all day long, not just this, but like, I don't know. There's just a lot involved in my life right now. You know, I got a lot going on. And so I think he needed to show me that these people would still show up in the background and not like disappear, I guess. And I don't even know that I needed that from the, I definitely don't think I knew I needed that from the beginning. But now, as we go th walk through this season, I keep thinking in my head, like, isn't it crazy for y'all like watching this? Like you watched it be amazing. And I was getting an ink 5,000 two years in a row. I know y'all don't know about the second award I got for last year, but I got that one too, because well, the year by for COVID. So 2018 and 19, I got the award and I barely talked about the second one other, to, other than to say we we're going to have prom theme in my backyard. My house wasn't built in time and we we're going to make Tweedledum the prom queen. Shut up. Oh my God. No, I'm going to be the prom queen. It's my party. Yes. So now I'm having a birthday party and I'm like, God, usually I'd feel so guilty about having this like bougie birthday party and I wouldn't want to do all that. And it looks like to you guys that I would want to do all that. But if you really know me, you know, I love bougie stuff, but like, I don't want so much for my own self. But honey, I'm having the bougiest birthday party. I can't wait. I'm going to have fake flowers and real flowers and all the things and 20 of my closest friends. And then I'm having another party the next weekend on Saturday. So I'm very, very excited about all this stuff. But all that to say is I think sometimes the right people, you guys, you, like you watching this. And I'll tell you, there's people who've come and go out of my life over the last couple of years that I have been devastated about. There's people who've been come and go out of my life the last couple of years I have thanked Jesus for. 
There's some people who I pushed away because I don't know. There's people I pushed away because I think something. There's push. There's nobody so far that I pushed away that I, I can't say that actually. I don't know. Still on the fence about one. But anyways, God will figure that out. I don't stress about it. I literally give no thought to it, whatever. Shouldn't have said that part. Anyways, it's fine. This is real life. It's live, not pre-recorded. Okay, so as I was going through all this and listening to all these different people give me advice and all the advice is headed in the same direction, I realized that the thing that, okay, do y'all notice when I get make these videos, I don't answer comments a lot? Because to me, I'm talking to you, like I'm FaceTiming you, but I'm sharing me with you. Whereas if I ask questions or if I go through the questions or if I pause for a second, then I'm asking questions and I want to answer back, right? So it felt weird to just like record myself and I've done that a couple times. Hold on, I had to burp, so sorry. I know it's so annoying, but you know I have a Coke. Okay, so I thought, well, I don't feel like my normal self if I'm not like, connected on a live video with my friends every day. If I don't feel like they're getting any kind of anything from me, it doesn't make me feel good because it makes me feel like, I don't know, I just enjoy it. It's like what I like. Like some people like to play golf. I like to talk on the internet to my internet friends. I don't know. It's weird. I know. But I've been doing it for a decade. Okay. And I've done it when I had a lot of money. I've done it when I didn't have a lot of money. I did it when I'm trying to get more money. Like they don't care. They saw me in Grand Prairie, saw me in Roanoke. They saw me in this bougie house whatever, same people. That's a thing too. Like there's no way all these people have been shopping with me for eight of these great, huge, wonderful, beautiful stores that have professional photographers. But I'll if my 40 people on my live video every night don't get me exactly to the number I need to be. And then I started realizing, I don't even know what that number is. It was like a pressure I was putting on myself. So I decided that I was going to do this. I am going to film myself every day when I'm having a revelation or I remember something or any of those things. And I'm going to record it as if it's a live video. And I'm going to save all of those recordings. This sounds so stupid to some of y'all, I know, but just hear me out. Okay. If you still think it's stupid, it's okay. You can just click swipe off and go to someone else. Okay. So I'm going to uh, create a whole different account where I can... Every time I get these revelations that I get while I'm listening to these podcasts that I feel like, oh my God, I have to share this with them. This is why this happened or this is what happened and this is what I did. Every time that happens, I want to, I won't feel like a fulfilled person if I go through all this in the background and no one gets any lesson out of this mess that I'm in. There is a message in this mess for sure. So it's just, I I don't have no, I'm not getting paid for saying these things. Like it don't work like that. Okay. If anything, I'm probably, I'm definitely losing money. I spent several, several, several thousand dollars on an attorney right now and it's gone nowhere so far, but it's headed there, girl. All that's about to pay off. Okay. So listen, my attorney is not worrying about when he's going to get a paycheck ever. I'll tell you that he does not ever. Nope. Zero percent. Okay. So I decided that I'm going to create a totally separate place where I can record myself talking about all the things that are happening on the day that they're happening. And so in the end, when all this is over, cause it will be sister, when it's all over, I'll have one place for everybody to go back. And since I also keep on my regular stories, I won't ever feel like I'm like, like being two faced or like saying today's a great day. There is good in every day. So I decided the thing that will make me feel normal is if I can get it out, the crazy stuff I'm dealing with, but then still head on my path to my normal job, which is getting on the internet, filming my boring day that sometimes don't look boring, but I promise it's way more boring than it looks. Or some days it's super freaking entertaining, honestly. 
and talking to my friends on the internet and maybe talking about clothes, maybe talking about my refrigerator or my bougie oven or whatever it is, or telling you what paint colors I have or whatever, because people do care about that stuff. They absolutely do ask me those things. I'm not going to listen to any person who does not have my best interest at heart telling me that ain't the case because it was so much money on this platform. And say, take the making money when you're being so successful on a platform like I was on Like to Know It. And then somebody that you used to value or you valued at the time says, well, you're, this is isn't going to be, this isn't what's good for you. This isn't what you need to do. You're like, wait, what? I don't understand. But also, wasn't that offensive to you, Tweedledum number two? Judas, wasn't that offensive to you? Because you're the one whooping up all the graphics. I'm sure she's, I mean, I can't say I'm sure because that's like a, I wonder if she, actually, I don't wonder because I don't care. Hmm. I would hate that she may have ever made you feel like you were less important. At the time, you're very important. About to be real important now, sis. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I got to tell you, I'm going to record a bunch of stuff over there. That way I always have the crazy stuff that happened. We can all go back to it and we sure as hell will when all this is finally done and whatever. Whenever I finally decide to get to tag in, which is like today, literally today. Really, it's I'll let y'all know what day it is. It's soon. Um, sometime this week, hopefully. Anyways, when I finally decide to tag in, then I think we'll go be able to go over there and listen to all the crazy. So I'm going to tell you every day when I get on here, I'm going to try not to talk about the situation. Not because I can't, not because my attorney told me not to, not because nobody told me not to. The reason nobody's telling me not, not, te- not telling me not to is because me talking about it gives them not more fire or fuel because they have none of that. It gives them more purpose because they have nothing else but this what I'm doing what I'm talking about what who's commenting on my post who's oh it's so gross oh my god it's so gross oh it's so gross okay do you know it was so easy for me to pick who was coming to my birthday party like a six-year-old birthday party it was so easy it was like who gives me anxiety nope 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 okay done like that is like such a win and I am so sorry if you don't have 20 friends if you have two that don't give you anxiety hug them like they are worth 20 So in the beginning of this clip, she talks about how if she got off the internet, it would deprive her of joy and her sanity and also her income. So once again, she knows that she is making money by getting on the internet and saying whatever she is saying every day. She said that some of this stuff is not illegal, but some of it is kind of illegal. And so then she kind of looks at the camera and smirks, implying that I have committed crimes yet again, which she knows by this point that none of that is true, that the police investigated and could not validate any of her claims. She once again talks about making me her prom queen. I don't know why she thinks this is so important, but she just keeps bringing it up. And then she talks about how she had pushed some people away that she suspected. She didn't know if she can trust. Once again, she's claiming, well, now that I know who it is, but then she also says things like this and she is still accusing or wondering if everybody in her life is a troll. Her paranoia has not really gone away seemingly by what she's saying in this video. So she says that she doesn't feel like herself and she doesn't feel connected if she's not on a live video every day. So she's making yet another social media account so that she can go over there and film everything and not talk about it on this account. I don't know if she ever filmed anything on that other account, but she certainly did not stop talking about all of this on this account. She said she spent thousands and thousands of dollars on an attorney and it hasn't gone anywhere, but it's going to and it'll be worth it. And then she makes a comment about
about how her attorney never has to wonder if he's going to get a paycheck, I guess implying that my attorneys would not be getting a paycheck. She talks again about how people do care about her paint colors and all the things in her house. And she's referencing that conversation again, where I had told her, hey, let's not focus so much on the house. We have a bunch of product we need to sell in the warehouse and your house isn't your bread and butter. And so she is continuing on that conversation saying, yes, people do care about my refrigerator and my bougie oven. And I had talked to her and said, you know, the swipe ups for your stories are kind of meant to be an impulse purchase. And so those big items, people are not just going to spontaneously go and swipe up on an oven that costs thousands and thousands of dollars and purchase it. So let's focus on things that they can purchase right now that we know that we can make money on. Then she said the person guiding her didn't have her best interest at heart. And then she refers to Tweedledum number two slash Judas. So she's referring to H here saying that that should be offensive that I said something like that. And she would hope that it wouldn't have made her feel like she wasn't important because H was the one that was creating that content. That conversation in no way had anything to do negatively with H. I was just stating we need to sell the product that we have in the warehouse. She also says that she is finally going to tag in. By this point, she has talked about how she's finally going to start fighting back numerous times. And she's making that claim again here. And then she says again that she's going to share all the crazy stuff on this new account, not because anyone told her not to, not because her attorney told her that she couldn't talk about it. In fact, her attorney has told her that she couldn't talk about it. She has admitted that that correspondence was shared with my attorney. So she says these things that are easily verifiable that are false. But she says them and says, oh, nobody's told me to be quiet to try and make herself once again sound more believable. Then she ends this clip by saying how it was so easy to invite people to her birthday party because she just went down the list and decided who did not give her anxiety and that's who she invited. Once again, she is constantly speculating who is a troll. And the people that give her anxiety, those would be people that she would suspect would be a troll. But in the meantime, I want to talk to people, tell them all the crazy stuff I went through and how they can get through it too with a smile on their face and joy in their heart. And the way I'm going to do it, because I don't have any formal training, I don't know, I'm just listening to YouTube videos, podcasts, books, anything I can get my hands on that will help me figure out why and how all this stuff is happening, uh, which I think is the best thing to do. Listen to people smarter than you. That's what you should do. You know what a narcissist doesn't do? They don't listen to people smarter than them. I thought I was listening to someone smarter than me, but guess what? I ain't a narcissist, so... <laughs> I remember the first time I ever said that. And then I told my friend Polly, she sent me a text message and she was like, is this about you? I told you this a long time ago. And I was like, no. I was like, of course not. I don't even know what that is. I was like, I think she's talking about her old boss that she also sued. Yep, she told me that. She told everybody that, my friends included. So write that down in your little note too. Um, I was like, I think she was probably talking about her old boss because she used to call her that all the time. Also factual. I would be able to show you my text messages that she said that, but the text messages were deleted from my phone some miraculous way. I don't know how. Anyways. Listen, every time you send a letter, it costs you money, sister, not me. So, God, I used to be so scared. Don't get it twisted. I don't get scared. I don't, I'm not completely out of the woods as far as being scared. And I'll give you this little bit of power. It's gross, though, the fact that this is it. It does scare me at night because my house windows are glass. That's the only thing. That's not an excuse to move out of my house. I'm not moving unless somebody offers me like four million. Like, no, but you can go write about it all you want. You haven't talked in a couple of days. So I'm sure this, I mean, I don't know. I did two great videos the last couple of days and you had nothing to say, which is even more telling. Oh my gosh. Also, who only says their initials? How are you going to be talking about all those other people? But otherwise it's just H and C. When did trolls become kind? 
Like, they became selective over who they talk about. Listen, I know, I know, known them girls for seven, one of them for seven years. Says, if you're going to be nice, that ain't the one you're going to be nice about. But anyways, it's okay. You're so dumb. Okay, so that's an opinion, but maybe a fact, I don't know. Okay, so uh, I decided I'm going to put my, all my videos over there. And then that way, whenever I get on and I tell you all about all the fun things happening every day, like I'm not going to talk about that situation because I'm not going to give her life. I don't care. Like you're a disappointment. There's no, all that brain packed in there. And then this is what we do with it. Both y'all. One's pretty too. That was a huge disappointment. Even worse is that you're like, that you have to tell your family members these things. And some of them know, you know, they know that girl's cheeks got red that day on that camera. She knew y'all were lying. She knew it. She knew it. She knew it. I never reached out to the other girls. Ask them to this day. I've never talked to either one of them before. Have I? Nope. I don't need to. I already know what happened. I don't need to ask them. I already know. And I, and they, and the thing is when you draw your line in the sand, the sign you, that's how it is. I don't need, I only need to see what you're capable of. If I see people saying mean things, I saw this girl one time, told y'all this a long time ago too, talking on Kim Kardashian's Instagram post. Like, first of all, she don't read her comments, I bet. Second of all, like you already harassed me on the internet and I am a mom from Roanoke. So girl, I got to block you because yeah, I see what you're capable of and you clearly don't quit. So even if I don't agree with something online, I don't say nothing negative. Literally, no, I don't do that. So anyways, I decided I'm going to record it over there. And then over here, I'm just going to go back to talking about my normal about all the time and i know it's gonna look like it's sunshine and rainbows and just know that behind that i i will fill you all in with everything as soon as i can but the only reason i'm not is because with all this my only thing was well i don't want to have to say everything because to me like you don't tell when you're like in an investigation you don't tell the person you think committed the crime all the ways that you know they committed the crime and so to all these attorneys they're like oh this civil case which i never wanted to do which is why i everybody told me to do it a long time ago and i didn't because i'm not interested in getting rich off of this this is disgusting no normal human being thinks this is fun but i know i have to stick up for myself i've been if someone's going to make me not talk to my internet friends anymore, that's not going to happen. And so instead, I think I will record it over there. And over here, I'm just going to be sunshine and rainbows. And we're just going to have to know that behind the scenes, things are still crazy. And I hope you're paying attention to this version of even though both definitely exist, this is who I want you to be. And this is proof that you can still smile and mean it even when those really bad things are happening behind the scenes because some really bad stuff has happened behind the scenes that none of y'all know about hardly. And so when all that stuff comes to light, I always tell y'all like, can you just remember this day? That means like, please remember like the way I'm acting today because any normal person in this situation, I don't think would act like this. So if nothing else, let this be inspiring. Yesterday, my counselor and I were talking about jealousy versus being insp inspirational. If somebody has something I want, I never get jealous. I tell myself either I'm a work for it or I didn't want it bad enough. That's it. There should be the only two options. There's jealousy has no need for society. There's nothing to be jealous of. She got it by doing something for that. And if you don't want to do that same thing for that, then you're not going to get it. Now, being jealous of somebody because they win the lottery, that's just dumb. Who cares? Also, they probably had to play the lottery a bunch of times before they won, or maybe they only played once. But if you ain't playing, then be quiet. Also, you don't ever want to win the lottery. I hear it happen, like really bad things happen. You don't want to do that. Just go to work. It's not that hard if you just be nice, be good, be transparent, have thick skin, try, do your job. There's good in every single day. Also, I'm still in a lawsuit. I still cried this morning. I'll still cry before I go to sleep tonight. So I just want y'all to know, I know you think you're literally just watching some person on the internet. You people are so, I just, 
if you, oh God, I don't even know how to explain. There's no money in the world that could pay you what you're worth because it is, I used to tell her she was worth more than rubies and she didn't even know the Bible verse. How do you, oh my God, this will all come out. I gotta shut up. Okay. Anyway, all that'll be over there. We'll talk about all that stuff. So also, if you don't know what that means, then you probably don't work at a church. Then here's another thing. I heard this thing today where they said they would lie about things that were verifiable. You don't think people lie about stuff when you can literally just go check, check. Did that happen? No, it didn't happen. Yes, they do. They do lie about things that you absolutely can verify. And when they're wrong, you're not crazy for seeing that was a different answer than what you thought. That is their purpose. That is what they mean to do to you. So let me just tell you, you're not stupid. You're very smart. You both are extremely intelligent, complete waste of a brain. If you ask me, that's my opinion. Um, God could have packed that into a whole lot of other people that are really nice. I know because I've employed some of them. Wonderful humans. Brains didn't work the way I wanted them to sometimes. So it just wasn't a good fit, but I love them as humans. So in the beginning of this clip, she talks about narcissists and how narcissists don't listen to people who are smarter than them. And she remembers one time when one of her friends sent a screenshot of something that I had posted about narcissism and asked the defendant if that was about her. And the defendant said, no, of course not. She's probably talking about her old boss. She's referring to my ex-business partner and says that I sued my old boss and that that's true and she can say it. And I told her and all of her friends. And if she had the text messages, she could prove it. She's already said that she's recovered everything. So it really depends on the day, whether or not she says that she has those text messages back or doesn't have those text messages back. So apparently during the time of this video, she's claiming that she did not have them and that she could prove what she was saying if she had those text messages. She said, every time I send a letter, it's just costing me money and not her. And the thing is, I don't think that the defendant even to this day realizes that if she had not provided so much discovery and evidence in this case, her legal bills would not have been that high because every time we send something, her attorney had to be paid to read that document, review that footage, and then prepare a response. And so she says that it's just costing me money, but that's actually not the case. All attorneys have to review all of that and everybody gets billed. She says again that she's afraid being in her house because her windows are made out of glass. She says again that it's so telling that she made these two big live videos and that we don't have anything to say. Once again, I don't know what was said or not said on GoMe or Reddit at that time, but she seems to be saying that the blogs were quiet during that time. I don't really know. Again, neither HRI ever had an account or ever commented on the defendant on either of those websites. So it's unclear what she's referencing here, but she's clearly making these videos to get a reaction out of us. That's what she's saying. So I've made these videos and y'all haven't said anything. She says that we are both a disappointment and that our family knows. And then she makes a reference that girl's cheeks were red that day. What she's referring to there is the photographer on the day that I quit on September 2nd of 2020. That is when I resigned and left. And the defendant claims that on the cameras that day, she watched them and the photographer's cheeks were red. And so she often loops that in and says, oh, well, the camera footage where her cheeks were red, she knew that y'all were lying. All of this narrative didn't come up until later. And all that happened that day is that I resigned effective immediately. She also says she's not going to talk anymore because you don't tell the criminal all the evidence that you have of the crime. Once again, implying that crimes have been committed. 
they had not. And she's also talking about all this evidence that she had, which once again was never presented. What she presented as evidence so far are text messages where I'm trying to schedule someone to help us during a market and positive messages between myself and a friend of hers when her friend was asking how they could help with a difficult situation with her father. She talks about jealousy, implying that H and I are jealous of her and that we are evil. She also said that she used to tell me that I was worth more than rubies and that I did not even know that Bible verse. And I have no idea why she's saying that. At what point did I not know that Bible verse? But it's just something else that she's saying that goes along with her I am Satan, Lucifer, Antichrist, devil narrative. So in reference to the Bible verse, she says, if you don't know those things and you probably don't work at a church. And she said this before about fact checking, implying or saying that I didn't go to the church that I claimed that I went to. She also talks about seemingly another ministry that I was involved in that helps single and pregnant women. I was very involved in that ministry and I was actually going to start a chapter of that ministry at my church. And then I opted not to. And the defendant knew that. And so she's saying these things as if I didn't go to the church, nor did I have anything to do with that ministry, which once again is not true. It doesn't really matter. I'm just not sure why she's bringing it up, but she uses it to further her narrative that, oh, I must have been lying about where I went to church. I must have been lying about helping with this ministry because I didn't even know the Bible verse that I was worth more than rubies. She also says that those kinds of people, narcissists, lie about things that are verifiable. Once again, this is projection. The defendant lies about things that are verifiable all the time, but she is saying this as if she is talking about me lying about things that are verifiable because she's trying to say that she was trying to verify whether or not I went to this church and whether or not I helped with this ministry and that I didn't and that I lied about it. I didn't lie about it. And the only one lying about things that are verifiable is the defendant. And I live my life to back those claims up. So nobody ever thinks like what you said, how you're going to live a life where nobody would ever believe you do bad things. People know if you piss me off, I'm going to defend myself. Like they probably could see me smacking or like, I don't know, like putting, doing something crazy. Like you could, cause I live a way where you see the consequences have actions like, and actions have consequences, you know, I don't know. Anyways, y'all know better girls. So. I just feel like I had to share that today because listening to this lady talk, like I cannot understand how people say you just cut it off. Like it's physically impossible. You can't just cut it off. They just keep coming back. They're watching this right now, recording it, 100%. That's why it says live in red on all the recordings that I get sent back to me from my attorney because they're happening in real time. You're not even waiting for me to say something. You're just knowing I'm a talk. So instead, I'm just not gonna do that because now mama's tagging in. I'm ready to play, girl. The thing, the one last thing she said, she said, normal people, when they hear somebody say something about them that's not true, they don't dwell on it. They just move on. And that was indicative the whole time I knew all this crazy stuff was happening on the internet. I never like pined over it or any of those things. First of all, I had it funneled to me every single day. I just didn't know that that was also the people who were writing it under multiple different accounts, the exact same story. So I thought, God, that's so weird. Like it's the same thing, but it's different. It's the same thing, but bad. Or like I'd say a situation that went perfectly and it'd be on the internet that this situation happened and the opposite happened. And I'm like, well, that situation did happen, but it didn't happen bad. It happened great, actually. So then when you wake up and realize that that's like part of their story, I guess it keeps them relevant. Don't make it boring, though, if you're only talking to yourself or like you and your couple weirdo friends that think y'all are besties. But definitely be you. I mean, you screenshotted and sent me all the recording screen recordings of all the messages they sent you all me, you between us. So didn't you?
so much for best friend, right? I told my counselor I'd take a bullet from You know what I won't do? Screenshot something me and said and send it anywhere. I ain't telling Jesus, nobody. Mm -mm. Jesus sees my text, girl. Remember that from the beginning? Hmm. Jesus sees your text and now I do too. I'm so thankful and I know I say it all the time. Oh my God, but I really am. Like I literally don't care what happens in the world. I never cared about the website. I never cared about what they said because I knew it wasn't true. And oh, that's what I was saying a minute ago. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. Like she said, normal people, when they hear somebody call them, you're a loser and they're successful, they're like, okay, and the sky's hot yellow or hot, what's a not color, purple. I don't know, like, okay. And Lay's potato chips taste like chocolate cake. That sounds about how logical that sounds. You just don't care because you know it's not true. And I think for some of those influencers that we all love, they do think like that too. Courtney Shields, you tell her she's ugly, girl knows better. You can say all you want about the way she looks, girl. All these followers and she makes her own makeup now and she's successful and she don't give a damn if you think she's stupid. But you know what'll get her in her gut when you say something that triggers her. And instead of her talking about it on the internet, she goes and talks about it to people she trusts the most. So instead what I'm gonna do, just because thing, people look one way on the internet doesn't mean things still don't hurt their feelings. They absolutely do. But it's the way we choose to go about how that hurt our feelings. Like at the end of the day, you can say, I'm ugly, my husband's ugly, my kids, whatever. It just shows, how, like it really does say more about you than me because I might not look good right now, but girl, give me a filter and some lashes or even face app and I can make me look like a million bucks, I promise. Lashes can change your life. But also I actually don't care because somebody thinks I'm pretty, but also I don't care who thinks I'm pretty. I only want to look pretty. I don't care what anybody thinks. Literally, tell me my outfit's ugly, but if I feel like I look fire, I look fire. That's just how it is. I don't know. I wish everybody felt like that. And if you don't come over here, girl, sit with me. I will help you feel like that too. But at the end of the day, like I'm not going to give any more like space. She said, those girls are renting space and are living in her head rent free. Y'all all were, all of y'all. So you gotta go. You're getting evicted. I'm out. We done. I'm gonna record it over there. You can watch it one day on freaking Netflix or something. I don't know. Somewhere where they put crazy stuff. I don't know. I'm not gonna publish the new account. That's the thing. So I'm not gonna publish it so that I know that I don't have to worry about anything at all. So I'll leave it private for hopefully just a little while longer. I don't even want to give y'all an estimation of the speculation because that's just too much. Anyways, too much treat. So I'm going to create a totally separate account so that I can film all of my crazy to send that over to whoever needs to transcribe that, figure out what I said and put it all together and then present it wherever they feel like presenting it. I don't care. And then when all this is done, uh, I'll, I'll have all my life videos that I can line up with real life. And I want you guys to see this is what it might look like on the outside. But this is what's really happening, not just for me, but probably for other people, too. So this is why we have to be good to each other. At the end of the day, that is my message. This is why we have to still be good to each other because we need each other to survive. In the beginning of this clip, she talks about the quote again about living in such a way that if someone were to speak badly of you, no one would believe them. And once again, she says that she does not live her life that way, that if someone suspected her of smacking her husband, that people would believe it. And once again, I'm not really sure what she is trying to accomplish by saying that, but she is referencing that once again. She also comments and says that whenever she reviews the footage that is sent back to her that it says live in the video. This tells me that she has reviewed the evidence that has been submitted, that she is actively refusing to retract her defamatory statements, and that she does know whether or not she said these statements in the 284 requests for admissions that have been sent to her at this point. Also, I have never been the one that captures her content for this lawsuit. That was captured on my behalf, and I never 
was the one to do that. I didn't have Facebook or Instagram for almost two years. And so she's saying this as if I have all these accounts and I'm watching her, but that was never the case. That was captured on my behalf and it was never by me. She says how it's the same person under multiple usernames and isn't that boring just logging in and out and talking to yourself. And then she says, well, her and her few friends. And then she goes into how, well, you know, they think that she's their friend, but she sure did screenshot their messages and send them to me. What she's referring to is when I was asked to send in any Facebook or Instagram messages that talked about the case, I did. I was legally obligated to send in the Instagram message that Laura sent me and the Facebook message that the other woman sent me and turn them over in this lawsuit. The defendant goes on to say that with her best friend, she would never do that. It doesn't matter who asked, which is illegal. So she's also admitting that she wouldn't do something that was legally required or asked of her and making fun of me and saying that I'm not really a true friend because I did. Once again, I was legally obligated to do that. And Laura is well aware that I sent that in. I told her that I had to send that in and it didn't impact our friendship in any way. So once again, I'm not sure why the defendant is bringing this up and openly admitting that she would not turn over what was legally required. In fact, the defendant did screenshot her text with her very good friends and submitted them to the police. There's a series of texts that start on September the 11th of 2020 between the defendant and it looks like four to five of her friends in the screenshots of this group message. And the defendant is talking about the situation where I had told one of my coworkers that the defendant didn't care if she ever spoke with her again, which upset that coworker who was one of the defendant's friends. And the defendant says, apparently, H told Crystal that I said I don't care if I ever profanity talk to this employee again. And I quote, apparently Crystal told this employee, I just want you to know the kind of friend that you have. Number one, and she told her that I said that I did not say that. Number two, I was very surprised to hear that Crystal told this employee anything about me because I don't really talk to her about this employee and I don't dislike this employee. But then this employee said, Crystal told me that she got all of the information from H. And I'm just so shocked because number one, I never profanity said that. But number two, why is H repeating anything that she thinks that I said to Crystal? And why is Crystal then repeating it to the person that works for me while Crystal still worked for me? This employee told me that two weeks ago she was saying that she was having a rough day and blah, blah, blah. She mentioned something about me and the stuff I was going through. And Crystal said, well, just so you know, this is the kind of friend you think you have. She told H that she doesn't give a profanity if she ever talks to you again. And I obviously never said that because I would never say that. And even if I did, which I did not. Why would H repeat that to Crystal or why would Crystal go tell this employee that because it doesn't make anything a better situation? What is wrong with people? This employee said that Crystal told her that I said, if I don't go to the warehouse last week, I don't have to do anything for this employee's birthday. I said, if this employee is not coming to the warehouse because she only works two days a week. And then I called this employee directly and asked her if she wanted to come over for dinner for her birthday because I knew she wasn't at the warehouse. But my big question is, why is H repeating anything I'm saying to Crystal? And why is Crystal then taking that information directly to my other employee when she is supposed to be the operations manager of my company? And so now I've got to figure out how do I ask H about this and still have her finish all the scheduling that she needs to get done for my business? Because the minute that H finds out that I know that she is sharing gossip with Crystal, she is going to know that I'm upset and likely walk out to avoid confrontation. Then the defendant's best friend says, WTF, I don't put it past Crystal because apparently she is is a 
profanity, profanity to begin with. But H needs to watch her profanity mouth. Another friend says, holy profanity, this disgusts me and scares me because you have trusted her with so much and now this. Also, who the profanity does Crystal think she is? Then the defendant's best friend says, Crystal was jealous of you, period. Yep, same. She was agreeing with the other friend who texted. You're one million percent correct. Then the best friend again says, who knows what H has said now? She wants to be your number one, especially since prior employee has been out of the picture. So why the profanity would she say anything to anyone? Defendant says, I'm shook. And not in the way that H said she was when Crystal walked out. You'll have to watch the video because you will clearly see that it was all an act and everyone knew that Crystal was about to walk out the door. The best friend again says, WTF high horse is HN right now. Now it seriously makes me boil anytime she acted like a brat or borderline member of your family. Then the defendant says, why is H telling Crystal anything at all? And that's not even what I said. And I know I sound like I'm so shocked, but it's because I never knew that was happening. I know that sounds crazy to think, but literally before three weeks ago, I thought they didn't talk about my life, but I guess they do. So my second concern is why is my operations manager going to another employee telling that employee while everyone still works for me that I have said a disparaging remark behind her back? Why does Crystal feel the need to go tell this employee just so you know what kind of friend you have? Like I have never talked profanity about this employee to Crystal in my life ever. Ever. And Crystal didn't say that after she was gone. She said it at work. So this employee asked me about it today and I read her every text in my phone. She said Crystal told her that I didn't like my pantry labels and I told her that to her face. So that wasn't news. But why is Crystal even repeating that? Number one, I already told this employee I didn't like the labels and I told her I felt like a profanity for saying that. But I'm glad that she at least got paid to do it so I didn't feel so bad because I would have felt horrible if she did it for free and then I said I didn't like it. But I was very upfront. And I told this employee two months ago when it happened that I didn't like them. But my biggest concern is why would Crystal feel the need to tell this employee, oh, and she said the labels are crooked. Like, what's the point of that, especially while you still work for me? I woke up today still feeling sad about the demise of the relationship with Crystal because I just didn't think we ever had an issue, but clearly my eyes are open now. What a two-faced profanity. And why the profanity is H talking about me to Crystal? So this conversation is happening September the 11th of 2020, which is nine days after I resigned effective immediately. Then apparently the defendant had this conversation with H and with his employee and this text thread continues. H blocked and deleted this employee from everything and they still work together. But H is so mad because this employee said that she saw H texting Crystal from work and it's on camera. But this employee was digging through H's desk the other day and that's also on camera. I'm not joking. Then the best friend says, OMG. Then the defendant continues. So apparently H and Crystal are still friends. H swears to God that she does not tell Crystal about anything that happens at our job, but she did say she told her about this one thing that happened the other day with one of our vendors because she knew that Crystal had proof about the situation, so she told her about it, which wasn't a big deal at all. But since last week, H has reached out to Crystal and told her about this employee drama, and I guess Crystal now hates this employee because this employee is still being nice to me. Mind you, Crystal still to this minute has no reason to be mean to me. Zero. And I ask H, don't you feel dumb sitting there talking profanity about me knowing I never talk profanity about y'all to each other? I mean, I would feel so dumb telling my friends a bunch of profanity about someone if that person I've never done anything profanity to me ever. And she goes, well, I see that now. Defendant says, H is going crazy for me to call you guys because even though she's done so much profanity stuff, honestly, everything she's done to me outweighs what everyone else has done because she was supposed to be the most loyal person to me. But 
But anyway, all day on Friday at work, she was like, call the girls and tell them what happened. Call the girls and tell them what this employee did. But I knew I was not about to call you guys with her right there. I'll probably pretend call on Monday. But H and I were talking about my party and I told her that some people said that she was rude and she got defensive and she was like, I was not rude to anyone. They were all rude to me. And I said, they had no reason to be rude to you. And she goes, they were all acting differently. And I go, well, I'm their friend and you've done some profanity stuff lately. And I literally don't think she understands her role in all of this. None. She just kept making excuses. And at one point she said, you know who was the most nice to me? And then listed two of the defendant's friends. And I go, well, that just tells me that you don't know how to read a situation. And her mouth just dropped and you could see it on her face. Then the best friend says, I was literally about to type that she was such a brat at your party. And then she says, the best friend says, but another friend and I both said hi to her and talked to her probably longer than anyone else there. She wants to make sure the subject changes from her to this employee in your conversations with us. That's why she wants you to do it in front of her. Wow. LOL. It's so profanity. Why talk about anyone anyway? Let's be adults. And if you don't like it, just leave. Why does there have to be drama? And this other employee, how dumb. She has to know you have cameras everywhere. And that is the last of the text conversations from September. The next set of conversations happen on November the 3rd. This is the day that the defendant talked to H and tried to convince her that I had nine profiles on Gomi and that she had IP addresses to prove this and that the FBI had already confirmed it. The defendant says, also one of the girls from that TV show Selling Sunset writes me on Instagram quite a bit and then was talking about it at work the other day with this employee and another employee, the new girl there. And so I told H, hey, just so you know, I've been discussing the Selling Sunset girl texting me with everyone at work. So let's see if that ends up on the troll pages. I guarantee you H will go make an account and say something about that just so it looks like this other employee said it. So if it's the same person who leaks that information that said Crystal or H are leaving, we know it has to be either H or this employee, but not Crystal because Crystal doesn't know about the messages. Also, this is all crazy profanity. I just want to sell clothes to my old lady friends. Then the best friend says, I always think it's weird that H ever looks at the troll pages. Like not a single one of us would ever go look even if you told us to. So this conversation is more of the defendants, what I like to call troll hunting. So she's paranoid about who may or may not be talking about her poorly on the internet. And so she is speculating with her friend group on who it could be if some topic comes up on these, quote, troll pages. Then, seemingly, after the defendant has had this conversation with H about that she has IP addresses confirming that I am nine different usernames on GoMe, which is completely false, she says to her friends, H said she has no idea Crystal was writing about me, except for she also says that all of the subjects that Crystal wrote about, Crystal has told her. Then one of the friends says, so I feel like she did know then. And then the defendant says, she asked her a few weeks ago. And then... The best friend says, she asked who what? Another friend says, wait, H asked Crystal about all this and failed to mention that to you? The best friend says, for real? Another friend says, also confused. What they're talking about is the time that H asked me if I had any accounts on the quote troll blog. And I said, absolutely not. And if I did, my username would be Crystal Wrighton. That is a real conversation that happened. Then it seems that the text start the minute the defendant left the police station after she and H were there and the police were interviewing H. The defendant says, I'm so profanity angry. One of the friends says, I'm afraid to ask what happened. The defendant says, H lied to the police. 
Her mom said, well, Crystal has always been really nice every time I've ever met her. But I'll tell you, even before this, she used to come home crying all the time. And I was like, are you profanity kidding me? I've literally never been mean to your daughter in my entire profanity life. I'm literally sitting here right now after her and Crystal trashed me on the internet for forever, trying to protect her from getting framed by Crystal. I'm so profanity mad. She had a prime opportunity to be a profanity loyal human. And she literally looked at me, faced away from her mom and said, I haven't told my mom about Gomi, only Reddit. I didn't tell her about the nine personalities. Are you profanity serious? I 100% believe that H got those text messages out of my phone. The best friend says, oh, I feel like she definitely did. She has all your passwords. She needs to go defendant and not be around. She's acting shady and childish. Defendant says, she's profanity done. I'm sending her a letter tonight to let her go. Her mom said, Crystal has always been nice to her and she's funny and about to send your daughter to jail, sis. The best friend says, for real. Defendant says, profanity, profanity. I'm sick. Nine years, nine profiles. Best friend says, such a crock of profanity. She can rot. Another friend says, dumb profanity. Defendant says, that's just Crystal. I guarantee you H has a profile in Crystal nose. Disgusting profanity. The best friend says, Holy profanity. Defendant says, I do believe H deleted the texts. Then a few days later, defendant says, I spent six hours on the phone with Apple. H had my iCloud logged into her iPads and her laptop. She deleted the text messages and my backups. And that is where the text messages end. So back in September of 2020, nine days after I left, the defendant was already angry. She knew that I had told this other employee what she had said, that she didn't care if she ever talked to that employee again. She says that she didn't say that, but then she says, but even if I did, no one should be talking about it. So from that moment, the defendant was angry with me. And I believe that is when she started to formulate a plan to ruin my reputation, ruin my friendship with H and ultimately blame me to take the fall for these quote troll pages that she talked about all the time. She says that normal people don't care when something is said about them that is not true. This is interesting for a few reasons. Number one, she obsessed constantly and still to this day obsesses over what is said about her on the internet if she does not like it. Also, I did care what she was saying about me that wasn't true. Not because she was saying frivolous things like that I was ugly or an idiot. It was because what she was saying impacted my actual life. It impacted my business reputation that at that point I had spent 16 or 17 years building. It was impacting my children's school. It was impacting whether or not I felt comfortable going out in public because she would not stop talking about this. And she made it clear that that was her intent. So I did care until I got that jury verdict. And now she still talks about all of this to this day and it just doesn't hit the same. It doesn't affect me in the same way because all of that time I knew that she was lying and that everything out of her mouth was a lie. And now I actually have the jury verdict to back it up. She also says that other influencers, if someone says something bad about them, that they don't talk about it on the internet. They just talk to their friends. And my hope when this video happened was that she would take that advice and do that instead of making all of these comments on social media, that she would just talk to the people who needed to know about this. That did not happen. So despite, once again, this video being called the end for now, this was definitely not the end. 
She says she's not going to publish this new account that she's created. And to my knowledge, she's never published it. But she said that one day you'll be able to watch it on Netflix. And she's just going to record everything over there so that whoever needs to go in and transcribe it can transcribe it. I don't know if that was ever done. I just know that no evidence from that account was ever turned over. So I don't know if she did what she said she was going to do. All I know is we never got anything in terms of discovery from that account in this lawsuit. This video, like the other two, prior are still to this day on the defendant's Instagram. There has been no consequence from Meta despite this video having false and defamatory statements in it, despite having a unanimous jury verdict, these videos remain on Instagram. As of today, the time of this podcast recording, there are 12,400 views on this video. Not quite as many as the two prior, which both had over 30,000 views, but this one also got a lot of attention. The defendant shares it across multiple platforms to try and increase the reach. Once again, on purpose, putting these things out there so that people can find them. And once again, she is manipulating her followers into believing this narrative by pretending that she has proof, pretending that she has evidence so that they will believe her false and defamatory narrative. And despite, once again, the jury verdict ruling unanimously that the statements that the defendant made were and are false and defamatory, these videos remain on her Instagram today. Next time on False and Defamatory. Just so you know, I'm never going to stop telling the truth. So, I know it sucks, huh? <laughs> that girl just don't shut up. Because the defendant refuses to stop defaming me publicly and constantly months and months after the verdict, I wanted to make sure that if anyone does a Google search on the defendant or me, that it will lead them to the truth. Considering y'all are suing me for a million bucks right now and I'm still talking, clearly. Oh, I ain't paying no one. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> so she is intentionally trying to cause harm to my own reputation and also to H's reputation. I just want to go to a jury. I just want to talk to a court or a deposition or something. I don't know. So the defendant claims that she cannot wait to tell her truth. Her opportunity to tell her truth originally was on July the 16th of 2021, and she booked a cruise instead. I got 15 million letters in the mail already telling me to issue retractions. No, never. I ain't lying. I ain't retracting. This is another tactic that my therapist spoke about in how someone who is lying will often use this tactic to try and make themselves sound more believable. And so someone who is constantly professing, why would I lie about this? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Typically is lying. Oh, sis, there ain't no facts and evidence, I promise. Sis, I promise you. I never worried about that either. That's a good thing too. I've never worried about, oh my God, what do they have? Ain't sh That's the answer. Zero percent. I wouldn't run my mouth so much. For a million bucks, I would never run my mouth like that. If she would have not provided so much evidence and discovery, her attorneys would not have had this much work to do. She was the one providing all of the evidence in this case of her own defamation. And by this point, the defendant had in front of her 399 defamatory statements in a request for admissions document, as well as five separate retraction letters. So her saying that there is no evidence is mind blowing. 
In this instance, she wanted a protective order from the judge that would protect her against having to respond to the 399 requests for admissions. It is an unreasonable task to have defendants recall whether or not these 399 statements were made. Defendants are simply trying to dig themselves out of the hole that has been dug due to defendants' consistent posting of defamatory statements on the multiple social media outlets that have been made available to them. If the defendant would not have made all of these statements, the request wouldn't be so burdensome. God, oh, we got one. This is just a Netflix series. <laughs> If the defendant did ever attempt to tell this story and anyone ever published it, there are some legality issues with that because the defendant has a judgment against her where a jury unanimously ruled that all of her statements were false and defamatory. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could ask accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.